All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. So I'm super pumped. This has been an interview I've been waiting to do for a long time. Huge fan of his book, Raise Your Game. I have Alan Stein Jr. here. He's a keynote speaker, an author. He spent 15 plus years as a performance coach. He's worked with highest performing basketball players on the planet. He now teaches audience how to utilize the same strategies in business that elite athletes use to perform in the sports world. So this is going to be an amazing interview, so much value, and I'm, I'm not even going to take any longer. Alan, take it away. Oh my goodness, man. Now I've been looking forward to this just as long as you have, and it's great to connect with you. I mean, really, as you mentioned, I've, I've kind of had two careers. I, I had that as a basketball performance coach, and now I've taken all of those lessons and I show folks how to apply those to their life uh, and their business and, uh, and take everything that I've learned through sport and through business and use that to hopefully improve my parenting. And, and it's really interesting to see, like when you built, the, built your basketball court, you have like rules that your kids have to follow before they can get on the court, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, and uh, I, I try to put frameworks in place and model behaviors for my kids that I believe will be in their best interest when they get older. But I'm also a big believer as a parent and as a leader in giving as much autonomy as possible. Uh, so I don't believe in micromanaging folks. Uh, I don't even micromanage my kids. I just kind of put some big pillars in place and then I let their creativity flow and let them do what they think is best because I know that experience is usually our best teacher. And I love that. I think that's something that I, I kind of would like to dive a little bit more into, right? Because the, the fact that you kind of allow that, that room for growth, I think that's something that all leaders can really benefit from hearing about and hearing some tips. Well, you know, one of the problems, well, there's two problems with micromanaging. One, usually the person you're micromanaging doesn't end up developing the skill sets required to be able to do it they need to do because you're constantly stepping in and, and saving the day or crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Uh, but the other is, and this is almost more important, I think you send an unconscious message to the person that you're micromanaging that you don't trust them or you don't believe in them or you don't think they're competent enough to get it done. And that can really erode a relationship and a connection. So to me, it's much better to empower someone, maybe give them a framework and give them an expectation of what you want done, but then let them figure out how to get to the finish line. You don't, you don't need to concern yourself with how they do it as long as they're doing what it is that needs to be done for the team. And so coming from sports, like obviously you've worked with some of the, the highest performing athletes there are, Kobe Bryant, uh, Steph Curry, all kinds of others. And inside of the book, Raise Your Game, you talk about your interactions with all these people. What are some of the things that we as leaders can take from the sports world and apply it into our lives? Well, the number one thing that, that would describe all of the players I've had a chance to work with is a lesson that I actually learned from Kobe Bryant firsthand, which is to never get bored with the basics. That regardless of what you're trying to be good in, whether it's speaking or parenting or um, your specific vocation, that there are going to be some fundamentals that you need to work on to develop mastery of those in order for you to be the best that you're capable of. And the best basketball players I've ever been around have such a respect for the game and such a respect for their craft that they're always working on the fundamentals. And that's certainly something that can be applied anywhere. Uh, and then the other, um, is to always remain coachable and open. You know, it's really important, even as a leader, you're very open to listening to the people that you lead for their feedback and their perspective. And you're always, you know, with humility, figuring out ways that you can serve them better. Uh, if you're in a business, you're constantly asking your clients or your customers, what's a better way for me to do this? Or what's a better way for me to serve you? Or, or how could we get you even more ingrained into our organization? So being coachable and being open to other people's perspectives. But it's so hard, I think 
think at times for people like with social media and everything going on, it's so fast to get coachable moments, but negative coaching, right? So, so how can people deal with that kind of negative coaching or when it's, when it's something you don't want to hear? Well, you have to be able to discern whether or not is the person really just being negative or is it just something that you're not open to receiving? Because many times I believe that a, a good coach, a good parent, a good friend, uh, a good leader, a good boss, they're going to tell you the things that you need to hear. And that's not always something that you want to hear. You know, you, you Roman may have a blind spot that I, as your leader can see, and you can't see it, but I, I want to be able to, I want to give you that gift of being able to shed some light on that blind spot so that you can improve. And if you're defensive or, or holding back and saying, you know, I, I don't, need to hear that. I'm good enough. That's going to create some friction. So I believe that feedback and accountability is the best gift you can give another human being because you're basically passing them a baton that's going to allow them to improve and get better. And we all should want to get better. So certainly I've tried to insulate myself with people that always tell me the truth. If, if I'm not doing something well, I want them to tell me that so that I can hopefully look to improve. And my goal is, is to create a safe environment where I'm never defensive when someone's giving me that feedback. And, and that actually made me think, I saw a post of yours a while back. You actually have a comedian who helped you with some of your like speaking. You know, I've tried to take that approach in, in everything that I do is I certainly try to study my specific craft, but I believe there's bigger lessons to be learned outside of that. And for me as a, as a professional speaker, two areas that I've studied relentlessly for most of my adult life uh, are stand-up comedy uh, and hip-hop. For me as a keynote speaker, one thing that I know, humor is incredibly attractive. You know, there's not very many people that simply don't want to laugh. And my goal as a keynote speaker is not to tell jokes and is not to be a funny guy, but it's to use humor appropriately to draw people in so that they remember the lessons even more. And, and it was very helpful because uh, through his lens and expertise, he was able to see things that I never even thought of and found it very helpful. So how can we as leaders besides humor, what are some other ways that we can get that better engagement and retention of those that we're working with? To me, the number one thing a leader needs to be able to do is speak the other person's language. I like to describe it, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you could put every kid into one of two categories. That There were those that could swallow a Tylenol pill and there were those that had to have it smashed up in applesauce to take a Tylenol pill. And as a leader, it doesn't matter which way your people need to take it. It matters that you deliver it in the way that's the way they prefer it. And if you think about feedback, you know, some people you can speak very directly to and there's other people that you need to put a little applesauce with that feedback in order for them to take it. And as a leader, you have to be chameleon-like enough to deliver it in the language or the way that they will receive it. So it's not about you, it's about them. The, the other piece that I kind of want to go to is inside of your book, you don't just talk about the leadership aspect. You look at it from every perspective of the team. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because some people are leaders right now, some other people are, are team members, but are actually leaders in time, inside of that space. So can you talk a little bit about those different realms of leadership? Most certainly. And I think for the most part, everyone will ebb and flow through those at different times of their life. And even, you know, you may not be designated as a leader at work, but then you come home and if you're a parent, well, you're a leader, at least a co-leader of your household. Um, so uh, I, I also want pe people to look at things from a holistic view. You know, I'm a big believer that one of the things that everyone should strive to be, whether you're a leader or not, is the best teammate that you're capable of. Uh, and my good friend and mentor, Jay Billis, always poses the question, are you the type of teammate that you want to play with? You know, uh, 
are you doing the things that you expect of your teammates? But also to, to talk about the leadership part in particular, this is certainly not a concept I came up with. You know, I've heard it from folks like Simon Sinek, but you know, that leadership is a choice. You know, you might not be given a power, you know, the power of authority at your job, but you choose whether or not to lead. So you might be the lowest person on the org chart, but you choose whether or not you're going to be a leader in that organization. The choice to be a leader and the choice to be the best teammate you can be uh, is our two choices that all of us should be making no matter where we are in life and no matter where we work. Uh, those things are vital. What are some ways that, that businesses and individuals can raise their game? Well, I can't speak for what others should do. All I can speak is from my approach. And my approach is to step outside of myself and find ways where I can be of service to others. Uh, I think that during a time of crisis, you reveal your true character and you reveal what type of leader you are. And uh, I just hope that whenever this mess is over, that some folks could look back and go, man, I appreciate that Alan lended a hand, or I appreciate that he did this call, or I appreciate that he posted that video. Um, and I don't do it for any type of, of appreciation or, or adulation. I do it because I think it's the right thing to do. And I live my life by a code of always trying to do what's right. I mean, it's, it's not about who's right. It's about doing what's right. And I think in this time of need, if I can help others, uh, that's the best thing to do because there's nothing I can do about my current business at present. So I might as well use my time wisely to, uh, to hopefully empower some others. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. I know you got so many things from the book, the workbook to speak. So just tell everybody about it. Most certainly. And I will say too, the other, my other perspective is now that I have this newfound downtime, which I think most people have, uh, I worked very quickly to create a new normal and, and a new regimen and new habits. And, and I'm actually currently writing a follow-up book because I've got more time on my hands now. So there'll be a raise your game follow-up that, uh, you know, most of it will be written during this time because I have that extra time. But as, as far as connection, folks can go to allensteinjr.com. That's kind of the major hub. Uh, they can also go to raise your game book. Dot com and then I'm at Alan Stein Jr. on the major social channels and I love engaging with folks like yourself. Um, so if anyone wants to continue this dialogue or conversation, uh, just drop me a line on your favorite platform and, and I would love to chat. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for coming on and getting real with us. You got it. Thank you.